What's up, everyone? It's another episode, Kiddish Club News for Jews, coming to you on location. <laughs> what location? <laughs> In our summer location. <laughs> it's warm. It's a little warm. It's very warm. It's warm out. It's, you know what it is? It's humid and, and, and thick outside. We knew this was coming. Yeah, but see, this is why I told you I don't like the summer. You keep saying you like it. I don't like it. I, I'm, I'm starting to understand. The kids are in camp. Uh, of course, no sooner did camp start than uh, my little daughter got kaksaki, which is always fun. Oh. It's actually not fun. It's the most unfun thing that could possibly happen. That's when they get sores in the mouth. Yes. And she was screaming in pain. I never saw anything like this. She was screaming in pain. Uh, you know, her mouth was killing her. She couldn't talk. Okay. And... Uh, we didn't know what to do. We were going out of our minds. She couldn't. She couldn't speak. She wouldn't eat anything or drink anything. It was too painful. At Minashamai, I had a sister-in-law who had uh, who was in a store talking to a friend of hers, and she says, "Oh yeah, you know, my daughter has kaksaki. I've been going out of my mind." And she says, "Oh, my niece has kaksaki, meaning my daughter." She said, "Well, you know, she wouldn't eat. She wouldn't talk." But Baruch Hashem, somebody pointed me uh, in the right direction, and now she's okay. She's like, what are you talking about? She said, oh, I went to Lakewood. Wait a second. Generally, there's not really anything you can do. It's viral, right? It's vi- right? viral. Nothing you can do. Supportive, Motrim, Tylenol. Right. So she said, uh, I went to Lakewood, and there's a guy there, and he squirts goat milk from the goat udder into your mouth. What? <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm crazy. And and it was like a miracle. So, of course... Wait, sorry. <laughs> they go to a farm for this? Yes. Well, you'll hear now because my wife was... she. So she hears this from her sister and she's at her wit's end. She doesn't know what to do for my poor daughter. And she says, I think I'm going to do it. Now, of course, me, I start researching, you know, obsession. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is completely unpasteurized. There's a million different bacteria you could get. E. coli, salmonella. So you did a deep dive deep on dive. goat milk. Yes. And not just any goat milk. This is not like store-bought this is, goat right. milk. This is not. This is fresh. It's warm. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. be even hot. Yes. Yes. This is gross. Yes. It's the most gross thing I could think of. Yeah, I'm on the edge of my seat. What happened next? But then I see a, a government study that comes from the government saying, talking about the uh, antimicrobial uh, uh, properties of goat's milk. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a real thing. Well, my wife didn't even wait for me to decide. She just went to Lakewood um, to do this procedure. And my it's daughter- not a procedure, Not friend. a procedure, but it's- <laughs> <laughs> Someone just squirting milk into your child's mouth. You know what the irony is? If somebody, if your wife came home and she was like, you don't know what happened today. Someone squirted goat milk in our daughter's <laughs> mouth. You would take out a rifle and go look for the guy. But here we're going and paying for the privilege. So she went and did it. Wait, how did the child react? So she didn't do it from the udder. She couldn't get her to agree. She was, you know, screaming, bucking. There is hope for this child. Yes. <laughs> so they did it from a cup. They squirted it from the udder into the cup, from the cup into her mouth. She took one sip and vomited. Oh, my goodness. Then she did it again. How did you get her to it do down. it again? I'll tell you how. Because she felt instant relief. Even the first time? Yes. Wow. And so she wanted to continue drinking because she felt that relief. She drank uh, two glasses of it. She, Within five minutes, she turned to my wife and said, Mommy, I can talk again. Wow. I did not know that that's a thing. I didn't either. Can you believe this? It was, and the whole thing was Ashkafel Pratis, right? That that 
that my sister-in-law was in a store and she happened to mention that her kid at Kaksaki go to this farm in Lakewood, blah, blah, blah. The whole thing was Minashamayim, Ashkach, wow, Pratis. It's, it's, I would never think that, right? No. It's not something, and I, don't, I doubt that that shows up on Google, right? Like when you look, not unless you were like, you have to know, right. you have to you know, have to know, you have to know where be you in are. The Turns out there was an article in Ami magazine about it, and there's a woman in Muncie who does this. But again, and we are my, we are an Ami reading family, but we we somehow missed this article, so we didn't know about it. Hmm. But now, all but of a happy our, ending. So I, I tell my wife, this is unbelievable. It's like a it's like a it's like an open miracle. This is crazy. I feel like I want to tell people about it. I wish there was a way for me to like tell the world about it. <laughs> no, true story. <laughs> yeah. And she's like giving me this look and I'm like, what? She's like, are you joking? I was like, oh, the podcast. Oh, that's right. So right. here so I now am. Now the world knows. Public service announcement. Uh, now, she did mention to the to the goat guy, like, oh, you know, but what about, you know, E. coli and whatever? And he's like, oh, no, no, I pureled the udder. <laughs> that's so gross. I don't know. Like, does that even do anything? Doesn't the eagle eye come you from inside? I, I don't know. Those are words I never thought I would hear in succession. Certainly not today. I pureled, <laughs> pureled the udder. The udder. <laughs> no good. But wait, how long was the relief? Because if you're telling me it's enzymes, right, I'm, I'm thinking that you have to probably reload. Yeah, so you do have to reload. I did find a store that sells goat milk, pasteurized goat milk. It did not work. Well, because they pasteurize all the good stuff out. Right. Right. So within, within let's say, uh, five, six hours, the pain started to come back. But it was not nearly what it was. She still could talk. She still could eat. Whatever it did, it, it took her from, let's say, a, 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 a 10 level of pain to like a, a 7, 6. And it was manageable. Wow. Motrin, Tylenol. It still was a miracle. Amazing. Miracle. But you know, you have to think about who was the first guy to like to discover try this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, in my mouth. Squirt it directly in my mouth. Like, you have to wonder these things, right? How did we happen onto this cure? <laughs> I'm glad she's doing better. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. She was even able to go back to camp, which is the most important thing yes. <laughs> at the end of the day. Yes, camp and she, is number one. Yeah. She had a big trip coming up. She was very nervous. She wasn't going to be able to go. She did go back to camp, and she was able to go on the trip. You know, speaking of trips, uh, I saw this life hack. I don't think it's a life hack. It's like kind of a survival thing. Like, what do you do if you're hiking or you're on a trip and you get lost, right? And you get separated from the group. So you're low on battery, and you don't want to start sending out emails and using data. So, or you have a flip phone, by the way. Right, that's true. If you true. have a flip phone, you can't really send emails. So, what would you do if you're running low and like you're you're like really lost? What do you do? I build a log cabin and I just live there. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw this. It, it, to me, it's I, I thought it was genius. Change your phone's voicemail to your last known location. This mm. way, when they start looking for you, mm. at least the voicemail comes on and it's like. I'm wherever I am. Come help me. No, that's pretty genius. But I'm just imagining like the random, you know, the random calls you get from like Yeshiva of, you know, Toronto asking you for money and they, and they get your voicemail. <laughs> I wonder would they help you <laughs> right. or would they just move down their list? Like they're calling for a donation and they're like, help, I'm lost in the woods. I've been getting a lot of those calls. Oh, though. it's out of control. Isn't it? Out of control. And you know what? I always give them a hard time. Like, even if I'm going to give. You're so mean. Right? I want details. And most of these 
callers don't have details. Oh, you're send, you, you, you're raffling off uh, an apartment in Jerusalem, in Israel, or oh, whatever? I, we were together, and I saw you do it. Oh, yeah? Yes. What and I, I was say? like, I why are you giving them so You were asking questions, and the person on the phone was like, I, like, they I don't, don't have know. Answers. You're like, yeah, where is the apartment? And they were like, I, I, I don't know, sir. You're like, how close is it to the to, to mass transit? Like, what am I doing with an apartment? Are you paying airfare as well? <laughs> right, right. Like, so you're just basically inviting me to have a new expense in my life. Let's take the whole family. <laughs> this to poor Israel. woman felt so bad. No, she's listen. like, "Sir, I'm going to get all of these questions, and I'm going to call you back." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then you're like, "Yeah, I'm not giving them anyway." But <laughs> so <laughs> that, that is mean. But usually, when I give them a hard time, it's because I'm going to give. Right, you're eighteen dollars. You know what? Money's money. Yeah. Okay. That the time they spent on that. So it is the summer, and uh, so they're going on trips. Camps are going on trips, and uh, of course, there's there's beach. Uh, so I have, uh, you know that you know that guy that that I've mentioned before on the cast, my friend, close friend of mine, who he, he has the hero complex. You know, he took some karate lessons. We mentioned, and now he, you know, when he's on the subway, he looks around waiting for someone to start something because he thinks he's gonna he's gonna take down the whole train with his karate. You know that <laughs> I guy. Remember, I remember, but we all know somebody like that in our exactly. life. Exactly. So we've talked about him. I forget which episode. And uh, so he actually tells me. So he was at a beach, uh, uh, a separate beach. And, uh, you know, he had taken, I guess, some of his kids there. And there was a whole bunch of little kids in the ocean. Well, very quickly, there was a current, a strong current, and it pulled out a bunch of these kids. Wait a minute. How old are these kids? I think, uh, like, between, let's say, ages 6 and, and 12. All young kids. And I, and they got pulled in? Yes, the current. That's terrifying. Terrifying. And a lot of them. A lot of them. So you can't even save them all. Exactly. Which one are you sacrificing? Oh, God. So he realizes this. Now he sees a lifeguard or, or two lifeguards there were or something like that, and they start running in. He sees them taking the, you know, the boy, the red boy that they're taking in. The buoy. The buoy. Thank you. And uh, he happened to be, he took lifeguard lessons. So, Of course he did. <laughs> of course. So now I'm like, so you didn't run? He goes, oh, yes. I ran into the ocean. Like a lifeguard. And now the lifeguards are like pushing him back. Like, what are you doing? Get back. Get right, back. We don't need another adult to save. Right. He jumps in. He starts swimming out with the lifeguards. And he says, no, no, no. It's okay. I'm a lifeguard. And now he start. you know, they, they reach the first kid. He grabs the kid. He tells the lifeguard, give me the kid. I'm going to swim them back. Go to the next one. I'll be back. He said he went back and forth maybe six times and helped rescue all of the kids. That is insane. So, because what would you even do? And you know what? How many times do you on a beach and there's no lifeguard? Hundred like, percent. When is there ever a lifeguard on a beach? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. I guess they they prepared it from before. I guess they knew that there was going right. to be a when lot of kids, kids there. Especially. Right. So they they had the lifeguards ready. Baruch Hashem, everyone was saved. But so this is my tshuva for all the times I made fun of him. <laughs> so so that's all that's all it took. Just that's, saving a couple of lives. <laughs> yeah. For you to say sorry. Save six children, and I will do tshuva and. Declare to the world that as much as I make fun of him, right now he is a hero. Yeah. So. That's a home run. Yeah. Credit. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a small pause here to mention that if you are like me and you need your sleep because without the sleep, your brain just doesn't function. You can't record podcasts. You can't do your work. Sleeping is very important and getting a good night's sleep is even more important, especially if you're the president of the United States. Oh, are we going to talk about his sleep apnea? Wait. First, we'll get through the ad. <laughs> so if you want the best night's sleep, you need to contact Bedtime. Uh, 
you will get 50% off on the highest quality mattresses that compete with the Sealy's and the Certas and the Pastapedics. They are the same quality, but 50% less. And if you tell them that Kiddush Club sent you, you will get free delivery in the Tri-State area. Their number is 917-923-3644. And of course, we will include that in the show notes. Speaking of home runs, by the way, uh, did you see the latest record that was broken in baseball? Okay, uh, you get three three guesses <laughs> of whether I saw this story. So I know you don't, but it, it's course. kind of a big deal. So um, the Yankees uh, had a perfect game, and it's only the 23rd perfect game in the history of MLB. Really? Yeah. Wait, a perfect game means what again? So the no-hitter is when nobody hits the ball, but you can walk a, a player and people can get on base. But a perfect game is when nobody ever gets on base. And that usually goes, the credit goes to the pitcher. And this pitcher was Domingo Herman, pitched the 23rd perfect game in MLB history. Wow. That's all I got on that. <laughs> I have absolutely no interest. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, that's, that's pretty amazing. But the thing I don't get is... So obviously it must be major news for you to bring it up, but I mean, like you just said, that just means that the pick pitcher did well. It's like a, it's not a reflection on the team; it's a reflection on the pitcher. No, it is a reflection on the team somewhat because even if somebody, if if a player hits the ball and it gets caught, oh, oh, oh right, right. So right, it's right. a team uh, effort, uh, and uh, okay, it was a tremendous celebration for them. Wait, so what if somebody hits the ball and he runs to first base, but they they tag him out? Perfect game. Still a perfect game. Yes. Oh, so it's possible that a bunch of people hit the ball. Right. So it is a team effort. Okay, that's valid. Okay. Yeah. Good. You know who's not happy about this? Who's that? All the Mets fans. <laughs> they always, I don't know how anybody, how do the Mets have any team loyalty? I don't get it. Neither do I. And and I have uh, family members, a lot of family members that are big Mets fans. And I'm, as you know, a, a nothing fan. But I tell them, if I was going to be a fan, right. I would be the, a Yankee fan. 100%. Because on any given year, you have like a 25% chance that they're going to be in the World Series. Right. Regardless of winning, but they, at least they're going to be in it. Why be a Mets fan? He's like, what do you mean? That, what do you mean? Uh, I'm a Mets fan. You can't just switch. I'm like, why not? Right. So, like, you can't. Why not? Yeah, it's, just switch. This runs really deep. I yeah. mean, my family's Messiah is the Yankees. Like, I personally Mine don't. Mine too. Mine too. No, no, no. You just said, said your family's extended, Mets. Extended family. Mm. In-laws, et cetera. In-laws are, could be more important. You might be a Met fan just by default. Okay. Okay, so we're leading off right now with a story that has everybody up in arms. And uh, we even got a voice note about it. And uh, I want to play that voice note. Here it is. Hey, Shavuot. What's up? Love your podcast. Um, I'm not sure if it was you or your co-host, but... Either of you were speaking a few few months ago on the cast about um, aspartame, like an artificial sweetener, and uh, and I remember like he like you said like that it's it's yeah it's not a problem at all and there's been a lot of research on it and yeah it's not a problem and it's okay and it doesn't cause like cancer or anything, but I saw now like it's like the big thing in the news that they like they discovered that it does cause like I don't know like a lot of bad things. Okay, so first of all, thank you for the voice note. And uh, thank you for calling me out. But here's my rebuttal. Wait a second. I am prepared. I, I understand him. And the, when I saw this story, I thought of you. Because I was like, he told me that it's 100% safe. There's been extensive research on it, etc. And now for them to come out and say, well, we're not sure. 
Okay, so let's start from here. Who's they? Oh, oh. Let's get to the source. Because I have to tell you something. I know it's the, the World Health Organization. Mm. And even hearing the story, it felt like somebody didn't pay their protection money. Bingo. The World Health Organization right now, they're not in such great graces, such good graces of the, of the world, right? With COVID, they were completely wrong about everything. We know that they lied repeatedly about COVID. Are you trying to get this episode banned? Yes. That's all I want to yes, know. I want, the World Health Organization is not an, a United States organization. It's this world uh, organization that gets funding from China. And so they repeatedly, when we had, were like, oh, no, we have evidence that it came from China. No, 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 it wasn't China. And and then everyone said, okay, well, you got to go investigate China. No, no, I think we're okay. We don't need it's to. Like the international court. Yeah. Like the Hague. But except that it's completely corrupt. It's completely corrupt. The World Health Organization is such a non-entity that the Republicans in their latest funding bill want to defund it completely. So they want to pass a law that completely defends the World Health Organization. That's number one. If they're trying to take away my Diet Coke, I'm down. Exactly. Let's ban them. That's number two. That's number one. I'm sorry. Number two, aspartame is one of the most researched items ever. And according to the FDA, the FDA set the acceptable daily intake at 50 milligrams of aspartame per kilogram of body weight per day. What does that mean? A 12-ounce can of diet soda contains around 200 milligrams, which means that the average person can have, so for example, a 150-pound person can safely consume 3,400 milligrams, milligrams of aspartame per day. Do the math. You could have up to 700 Diet Cokes. <laughs> 17 cans of Diet Coke per day. Assuming, assuming that 100% of what you drink is going to be absorbed by the body, which we know it is not, right? Because you're going to go to the bathroom. You're going to have digestion. It's not all going to be absorbed. So that means that unless you're having 17 cans of Diet Coke a day, which if you are, you may need to see a doctor for that. <laughs> there are people that live on soda. Yeah, I, I drink a lot of diet soda. But even then, you have to assume that even if you drink all of that and your body's absorbing it completely, maybe they found that some people could lead to carcinogenic uh, properties. Now, you know what else is carcinogenic? Mm. Barbecue. Anything you put on the barbecue becomes carcinogenic, more or less, as it gets burnt, right? right? Unless you're marinating all your meats. You know what else is carcinogenic? Hot dogs. You know what else is carcinogenic? All red meat. All alcohol. Listerine that has alcohol is, could cause oral cancer. Where are you getting all this information from? Google it. Check me out. You don't believe me? Look it up. Everything is carcinogenic. You know what else a few weeks ago they found was potential to harm DNA? Sucralose. That's Splenda. Right. That's a different, like they have these different brands, I guess, of sweeteners. Right. Like Stevia is supposedly super safe. Right. Except that's that, a plant. Except that it's not because what, you're, what they're doing is they're taking the plant and then doing all kinds of chemical processes to it. It's the same as everything else. So either have, uh, you want to have your sugar. Well, we know sugar could, could lead to, to insulin resistance, eventually diabetes, chas v'shalom. So w what I'm saying is, Pick your poison or live your life, live like a normal person, and you will be fine. So you're doubling down. Doubling, tripling down. So with all due respect to the voice note, 
If you like diet soda, I will tell all the listeners, based on the current science, you could continue drinking it until something changes. We will let them know. You heard it here first. That is so. That's the official Kiddish Club position, apparently. Yes. Wow. Enjoy your that's diet position. I'm drinking diet soda as we record. <laughs> My drink of choice is the coffee, of course. Yes, and you don't put anything in it. I put I put Splenda. I put NutraSweet. I put Equal in my coffee. Unlike you, it's, I'm just saying it's for amateurs. It's not so sweetener I, in coffee is for amateurs. So you always tell me that, and you always belittle me mm-hmm. with my coffee. And now I found out I took that as I mentioned. I took that DNA test we mentioned in the previous cast. I have a chromosomal marker that has bitter sensitivity, and now I understand why. For instance, beers. I don't. Pref- I prefer lagers to IPAs. Really? Yeah, because the bitter is too harsh on me. Same thing for coffee. I would want more bitter. Because you don't have that. Enough sensitivity exactly. to bitter. I'm super sensitive to bitter. Huh. So I drink a little bit of bitter and my body reacts to it. You don't have that. Which makes me better than you. I would like to see said DNA test. Right after this podcast. We, <laughs> I will share my results with you. And moving into the world and the United States, there's tons and tons of stuff. We're going to try to get to our whole itinerary here, but I, I don't think we're going to, but we'll try. So there's a lot going on. I want to lead off with, uh, because you mentioned it before, uh, our illustrious president. And uh, he had another event where he said that Putin was losing the war in Iraq. He's obsessed with Iraq. Obsessed. That was his tenure. Yes. With that was like his heyday. With, when he was vice president, that was all the rage. Yes. So he's living there. And but, it's just on his lips. Okay, but how many times could a person say it? And if you here's the clip. I'm going to play it for you. It's hard to tell, but he's, he's clearly losing the war in Iraq. He's losing the war at home. And he has uh, become a bit of a fly around the world. So this is not the first time he said it, right? We covered it on the cast. He said, he, he spoke about, he said Iraq instead of Afghanistan. He said that his son died in Iraq. He didn't. His son died of a of, uh, brain tumor. Uh, he constantly talks about Iraq. But it's gotten so bad that even some of the media that usually protect him are actually talking about it. There was an op-ed on the Hill, from the Hill. And the title of the article is, We Need a Serious Conversation About Joe Biden's Brain. Right. Three years into it, (laughs) people are like, you know what? Maybe we should research this a little bit and see if our commander in chief is completely coherent. Exactly. I mean, why? Why? You could be president and not know what country you live in or what day of the week it is. Apparently you can. Yes. There's hope for me. (laughs) So getting back to my original comment, They saw this strap mark on his face, on the president's face, and they realized that he sleeps with a sleep apnea machine. A CPAP machine. Yes. So some people, I mean, it's it's common. It's kind of common. common. If people have sleep apnea. I'm not gonna make fun of him for that. But but I don't know, like like I could have sleep apnea and I I I don't even know. Like you're sleeping, so you you really don't know if you have sleep apnea. If you're snoring and your spouse will know if you're snoring. If you're snoring, odds are much higher that you do have sleep apnea. And the problem with it is not that it's a dangerous condition in and of itself, just that you, you're not getting the sleep you need. Right. Because you're not falling into that deep sleep. Right. Which so, causes weight gain. It causes memory loss. It causes uh, increases your chances of heart attack. Yeah. But these machines, though, they're, they're clunky. They're large. Like, I would never... You like, know I would take the sleep apnea over, <laughs> over using that machine. You say that now, but imagine, you know, not being able to function during right. the day, always being tired, not being able to work properly, constantly gaining weight, not knowing why. 
I might have been gaining weight, and I have no idea why. You're telling me it could be sleep apnea? Do you do you snore? I don't know. I don't Ask think your spouse. so. All right, I'll get back to you. What should I tell you? Yes, get back to me. But if you do, it might be time for a CPAP machine. No, I I can never do it. You say that now, but I say that always. And also speaking about Joe Biden, uh, there was the White House was actually evacuated because they found cocaine in the White House. And in unrelated news, Hunter Biden was staying over the White House this weekend. <laughs> is that a real deal? It's, it's a real story. It's a real story. That reminds me of that John Stewart clip uh, where, <laughs> where he said, there's a respiratory virus coming out of Wuhan. I wonder if it's from the Respiratory Virus Institute of, of Wuhan. Wuhan. Exactly. <laughs> so obviously if he was there. So I don't know actually if he was there, but they did find cocaine. They did evacuate the White House. I did insert the Hunter Biden thing. So wait, did they think it was anthrax or something? Uh, they didn't think because it was anthrax. Because otherwise, like, why would they evacuate the building? <laughs> it would be time for a party. I, I guess you're, you're probably right. It didn't mention that in the article that I read, but yeah. It's very possible. But um, also speaking about presidents, this was interesting. There was an article that came out on Reuters, and it basically was saying that of all the presidents, they've all had, I, I don't remember if it was all presidents, all living presidents, they all can be tied back to slave owners except one. I saw that story. And who was it? Trump. That's right. Isn't that crazy, though? Even Obama. Even Obama could be traced back to slave owners. Everyone except... Trump. I mean, it's a real stain on the country. It's just crazy that Trump can't be traced back to owning slaves. I mean, it's nuts. It's, it is nuts. Because, I mean, you know that there were, you know, there were people spending a lot of time doing research and be like, yeah. there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. <laughs> it's like, Steve, we keep have, looking. We keep have looking, to find Steve. something on Trump. He has to have had some type of slave ownership in his past, but it's funny because that brings me to affirmative action. Yes, and the Supreme Court, a lot of Supreme Court rulings, a lot of Supreme Court rulings, big, big news on Supreme Court. Wait, before we get to the Supreme Court, we are launching a new segment. It's going to be an official segment on the podcast, and this segment is called My New Phobia. (laughs) In every episode, we always have these stories where you say, new fear unlocked, and you're really referring to me because it's yeah. not hard to get me to have a new phobia. So there was a, a story that came out, and uh, I'm mentioning it because we are going to share the clip in our WhatsApp. There was a roller coaster in North Carolina that people were on, the roller coaster was running, where they see a huge crack in one of the supporting pillars, and the entire pillar, the, the thing that was holding the roller coaster in place, moves. They, you see it moving away from the crack. They immediately shut it down. Everybody was safe. But could you imagine being on a roller coaster and seeing it completely get disconnected from its support beam? I mean, thank God they found it, right? Yes. Because could you, like, when you go on a roller coaster, you think that they're doing these checks. Like, there's got to be some type of regulation or some type of inspection of these roller coasters on some type of schedule. But I don't right. think that there is. I. I I don't know. I, I, You know, it, it looks like a huge crack, but I can also understand that they're checking the cars. Like, they can't go around to the entire track checking every single bit of the track. It's very hard. You had one job, Steve. Check the track. <laughs> How'd you miss this crack? It's a huge crack. It's a huge crack. That's it's crazy. very, very scary. Yeah. Because you don't know. Like, what, where does that leave us, right? Yeah. Where does that leave us? What do, do I take roller coasters now? Do I not? Do I just say it's too dangerous? 
That right? is correct. But after that's certain, why it's called my new phobia. If you're looking for new phobias, though, somebody fell off a cruise ship. Yes, which is which is unfortunately super common. <laughs> is it though? Yes. It was a Royal Caribbean cruise. A lady was on the tenth floor, like the tenth deck, and she—I guess she fell off. She fell off into the water, and then you read that it's like there's a twenty-eight percent survival rate for people who fall off of cruise ships. That's not a high rate of survival. Okay, and now I'm going to tell you that it's estimated that around two hundred people die on cruise ships each year. However, the actual number is likely higher because many ships don't disclose information about accidents. Well, that's a new fear unlocked. <laughs> yeah. No, cruise ships were an old fear. We've you always have this ships. in your mind? Yes. It, it, I, I, I have a coworker who uh, they were talking about, you know, there was a, I was in a meeting and the, the topic of cruise ships came up and one of the people there said, oh, no, I'll never take a cruise. Now, I've mentioned I would never take a cruise because you can't tell me like, oh, would you like to go on this unbelievable vacation? But but there's a chance that you may just be completely sick, sick to your stomach for a couple of days because if you hit rough waters, right, now the thing is going to start bucking. And they claim that these huge ships don't, and they do. And that's not to mention that you have to go on a kosher cruise ship if you're so, – so this, so this coworker said something like, I would never go on a cruise ship because I don't trust my spouse enough. <laughs> Wait, she thinks he's going to – push gonna, her over. Wow, and, and get away with it. Yeah. Because they do. Right. Imagine in the middle of the night, just chuck somebody yeah. over. Let's do go, the, let's go, let's go see the moon. It's beautiful out. Let's go see the stars. Or they're sleeping. Oops. Yeah. Whoops. Whoops. Right over. Yeah. But do they do a head count? I'm sure. Like on the way out? They're like, hey, there was another passenger. Where is she? Yes. That a yes? Yes, they do a head count. But so what happens? I'm saying they're like, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> no, because they don't they have multiple stops? So they maybe do. somebody didn't get back on or like they missed the boat. L- listen to this. So I'm reading to you, by the way. I've been reading to you from uh, Google's AI integration, which I've mentioned that I have. Boy. And it says, some estimates count three deaths on cruise ships per week. Come on. Per week. And where are all these deaths? Like, Why don't we hear about them? Right. But that's why when you mentioned the story, uh, I said, okay, it's not really news because it happens so often that it's just... If you're going on a cruise, you know, there's a chance you're not going to come back. Really? I mean, my aversion to cruises are, it's just like, I feel like it would be claustrophobic. Like, you're stuck on this vacation. You cannot go home. You can't go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a 10-day cruise, a two-week cruise. You're stuck. Yeah. There's no, you can't be like, oh, I want to leave. So, I mean, I see the ads for the kosher cruises that they have, and, you know, and, and everybody starts talking about them. I th- was there a Pesach one? I don't remember. But they have these kosher cruises, and the topic always comes up in the family, and it's like, oh, maybe we should do these kosher cruises, and they have separate, you know, pools and separate everything. And I was like, why would anyone do this to themselves? What if you're just not happy? You're You're stuck. Like, what if you get into a fight with someone? What if you just don't <laughs> want to see leave. these people? Right, I, I want to go home. Leave. Yeah, cruises are out. So let's go back to the Supreme Court. A lot of a lot of decisions that have come out of the Supreme Court over the past week. It's it's creating a huge polarization between the left and the right in the country because there is this feeling, and AOC was very vocal about it, that you know the the Supreme Court is destroying the country. And uh, it's Joe Biden's fault because he won't pack the court, which I find funny because if Joe Biden packs the court, so then your solution is to just make the, the Supreme Court be on the left rather than the right. How does that solve anything? 
Right. I, I, I want to get into the affirmative action, though. Like Yes. So there was a case that was brought against Harvard because, as it turned out, that Harvard was weighing uh, African-American applicants much higher than others. Specifically, the ones who got hurt most were Asians because, for whatever reason, Asians do very well and are, you know, have very high scores and... Uh, it came out something. Well, it's no like, secret that they're great at math. Is that what it is? I think that's what it is. That's a little racist to say. <laughs> <I don't think laughs> so it's a good there. thing. It's like you why, know, it's it's a good thing. Like, why can't a culture be good at something and and be called out for that? Because you're so so you're saying it's a culture, but the concept is is that uh, it, it, does the color of your skin make you by nature better or worse at something? So we would say, you know, no. The answer is no. But yet. Uh, it came out according to some studies that if you were Asian, you had to you you needed to to score, let's say on SATs, something like two hundred points higher than an African American to be considered for Harvard. And so, you know, many people on the left are saying, well, that was good because it helped a lot of African Americans get the same opportunity that they wouldn't have had otherwise. But then there are many people on the right that show that statistically, most of those African Americans that went to Harvard ended up dropping out. Whereas had they gone to a university that wasn't as demanding as Harvard, they could have been top of their class and they could have been they could have done much better. I mean, that's the practical point of it, which is really not relevant, right? The, what's relevant is affirmative action. Is that something that we should keep or should we toss it? Yes, and you believe? I think if you really want to get like racism out of the picture, just don't even address it. Like everybody is equal, right? It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. Everybody's equal. We're people and that's how we should be treated. I agree. And that was part of the decision that in the, uh, in the decision written by the majority, it actually specifically mentions that, that this actually perpetuates racism because what you're doing is saying the color of your skin is going to decide something. But the affirmative action was put in place as kind of a reparations. Yes, but but it furthers, in in a way, it furthers racism because you're saying that... There's still a difference. Yes, there's still a difference. And wouldn't you rather be in a world that says it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. Everybody is equal regardless of color. And, and even if you're saying it's reparations, like... Like how long? How right. long should reparations last? Right. Forever? Right, right. And in fact, there was a, the Supreme Court decision that actually, I forget what it was called. I think it was the Haley case. I forget the exact case. In that Supreme Court decision that actually caused the affirmative action to be, uh, to be, to come into public life, the judges at that time said, you know, this should be reviewed in like 25 years from now, and it's actually 20 years since that decision. Mm. So we're right on schedule. And in fact, the majority of Americans agree with you. In a recent poll, this comes from ABC News, a little more than half Americans, 52%, agree with the Supreme Court decision versus 32% that disapprove, and 16% saying they don't know. And what are some of the other decisions of the court? So there was another decision, and this was held by none other than the Orthodox Union, the OU. The Orthodox Union released a statement when this decision came out. There was a case of uh, a gentleman who was in the Postal Service, and he requested that he not have to work on Sundays because he wanted to celebrate the Sabbath that Christians celebrate on Sunday. And he won that case, and he cannot be forced to work on Sunday. The Orthodox Union actually filed a friend-of-the-court brief where they— What does that mean, though? So they basically write into the court saying, we agree with this man, and— you know, 
and it was actually cited. The Orthodox Union brief was cited in the decision. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. We are making waves. We're making waves. But but for us as Jews, it, it, it really plays even a bigger role, right? Because we have Shabbos. And this basically says that you cannot be discriminated against if you are working and saying, hey, I can't work on Shabbos. I can't work on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Pesach. You cannot be fired for that. Yeah, but this is not the 50s. Like, that was happening then. Like, I've never heard of anybody losing their job because they wouldn't work on Shabbos. Well, how about this? Somebody says, tells their boss, well, I'm sorry, I can't shave because of Sphira. Well, beards are cool, so right. <laughs> that's not happening either. No, there's cool beards, and the then there's thing- a Sphira beard. Sphira beards are not so cool. <laughs> they, you have hair growing from nah, every— it's hipster. It it's, is hipster. It's in. But here's the thing. The whole month of September, how about that? Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, so right, 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 back to back. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like a month where and, you can't and, work. And now employers can do nothing about it. Right, right, right. It's just they have to keep on the schedule. Yep. Like, like I, th- I think this coming September, like most fall on Shabbos, like on the weekend. So there's not yeah, a lot of days that. off. Just be like, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> celebrating Eir of Rosh Hashanah. Right, and then that's a holiday go to, too. Then they're going to go to Google Bard and probably realize that you're playing hooky and fire you. Yes. Next Supreme Court decision: Supreme Court struck down Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. Thank goodness. Yes. Why? <laughs> what is thank goodness? What, how does know. it apply to you? Like, I feel like some people have been paying their student loans. Like, how does it make sense? Yeah, like, not, are you going to refund the people that are that, that are res- responsible and they're paying their loans? Like, yeah. the whole thing needs an overhaul. I'm not saying no. But to cancel student debt for some people and not for others right. it wasn't makes fair. no sense. It wasn't fair. Well, Supreme Court overruled it. And in the final decision that we talk about, there was uh, someone who came to a web developer and asked for a web site to be developed uh, that basically was for their lifestyle orientation. And the website developer did not want to do it. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of the web developer. So how does that play out as far as like the First Amendment? Like how can you deny me service because I have a different orientation? So what the Supreme Court said was, I can't deny you service because you have an orientation. But I can say that I'm not going to make a website that celebrates said orientation, right? So I could I say- I don't agree with it? Yes. Because so I don't I, have to. Right. You can't push me into a corner to do your bidding. Right. So for example, you can be a neo-Nazi. That's totally mutter, right? Right. But I don't have to make you a website that celebrates Nazism. That makes a lot of sense. That's basically what they said. So that was, uh, that was this week. And speaking about Nazism, you, you saw what happened with Roseanne, right? Oh, I saw this. Yeah, that was so, on the Theo Vaughn podcast. Yes. So Roseanne, who was a famous Jewish comedian, very famous Jewish comedian, uh, she had this to say on the podcast. Because we have, you know, there's such a thing as the truth and facts, and we have to stick to it. And, um, you know. It's scary. And that is the truth. And nobody died in the Holocaust either. No. That's the truth. Yeah. It should it happen. It, six million Jews should die right now. Because they cause all the problems in the world, but it never <laughs> happened. But it never happened. So this clip was going around, and people were getting like outraged. Like, how could she say such a thing? Even the Jewish organizations were, get, were getting outraged. But what what I don't understand is, like, if you saw the context that it was in, she was clearly saying it facetiously, right? She wasn't saying it uh, as matter of fact. Like, you need to be able to cue her sarcasm. 
So I I didn't see the I, I did see the clip. I did see an extended version, not the one I played. And I didn't get it. it. To me, it sounded like she was being serious. And all I could say is she must be the worst comedian ever because, <laughs> right? She's a comedian, though, okay, right? But She's not coming on to espouse beliefs about the Holocaust and Jews. Okay, but if you're a comedian and, and, and you're being cynical and nobody is able to tell. It's not. It's the way the clip is cut. They're not giving you the context. Right, you see this happen so often, where they just they have this soundbite that sounds evil, and they're going to run with it. I don't think she's an anti-Semite. No, she's not. She is a Jew, and that's the reason why she can make such sarcastic remarks because she's Jewish. At best, I would say it's a um, poor taste joke. Yeah. Well, look, you don't utter those words. Right. Right. Exactly. Those. It's just things that shouldn't be said. I don't care what context it is. I don't care how sarcastic or what type of comedian you are. You should never be saying those things. Exactly. But at the end of the day, you want to know, is she an evil, bad person that really believes that six million Jews should die? God forbid. No, I don't think she is. And moving into New York. Okay, so you're coming to the defense of the comedians. I get it. Your kinsman. <laughs> so uh, moving into New it's York. Where my heart is. <laughs> moving into New York, you, you know, New York with their crazy bans of, of everything because of climate change. And again, we're not taking a position on climate change. We're just saying that regardless of whether you believe that climate change is the result of men uh, or it's a natural cause or if it's not even happening or it is happening, regardless of all of that, we all know that these ridiculous policies that New York keeps instituting scientifically will have no bearing, according to science, to stopping climate change. So all of these things of banning natural gas, no, you're not going to be able to have a... Na- plastic bags. Plastic bags, everything else. There is no scientifically discernible effect that any of these policies will have on climate change. So their new thing is banning coal and wood-burning ovens, and and this has many people up in arms, specifically the matzah bakeries. This is coming from the New York Post. It's a real story. and they in- I saw that story, by the way, and it's filled with like the most ridiculous puns, let my people dough. They always do that. Oh. The New York Post always does that. But they're actually quoting people uh, matzah bakery people, and I'll, I'll read you the quotes. Quote, we are not giving up coal and wood, said one Brooklyn bakery owner requested anonymity. I think anything we would have to put in anything we would have to put in would cost a lot of money and it would impact the taste and quality of the matzah. Yeah, matzah quote. cannot change. And I'm reading this story and I'm imagining, you know, because I've been to the matzah bakery many times, I'm imagining the matzah bakery owner being interviewed for this story and being up in arms. It's a very delicate balance. We cannot play with the matzah. Can't put filters. Don't bother me. We're doing matzah like we always did it. And the funny part is, is it's going to affect the taste of the matzah. Like <laughs> matzah has no taste, right? Like you know, no, with the blueberry true, matzah. What are it's you talking not true. about? It's not true. I know. I know. It's different it's really matzahs not. have different flavors. You can taste the 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 the, the wood in it almost. Yeah, we've it, talked have, about this. I, have, I'm a connoisseur of, right. of shmur matzah. I love shmur like, matzah. We should do a matzah tasting because that's what it. That's the level of flavor that you have in different types from different bakeries, right? Right. Like you can see one guy taking a bite. This is Satmar. For sure, Satmar. I'm a Puppa fan myself. Love the Puppa matzah. It, has a, it, has, it does have, to me, it has a great flavor. I need also thin. 
I need thin. I need flavor. Yes. It can't be thick. I remember there was one year where I went to the matzah factory uh, with a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, obviously they start baking well before Pesach, like way, way before Pesach, months before. Hanukkah. So, yes. So now I loaded up my car. We had a whole bunch of matzah because we were also getting for friends and family. You know, people had asked us to get for them. And it was so imagine a car full. It was an SUV filled with freshly baked matzah. The smell was really intoxicating. We had to pull over. We were in Williamsburg. When you say intoxicating, like you got drunk, like what? You had to pull over the car? <laughs> I, I was the smell. We pulled over the car. We went to a, we found like a, a, a little, uh, you know, a little Jewish bodega. I don't know what they're called. Like, you know, like a bodega, but a Jewish one. We were in Williamsburg. We found like sliced cheese. We ripped open one of the boxes and we went to town. But that's us, sir. You can't even do that. Of course you can. It was way before Pesach. Oh, you it was before. Way before Pesach. But, and we, are you storing these responsibly? Because yes. the reason why it's called Shmura Matzah is because it's being watched. Of I don't course. even trust it in my house. Like, I, <laughs> no, there's no, no way I trust it in my yeah, house. Yeah, it goes into a locked closet and we open but it on Pesach. But there's also moisture, humidity. I mean, there's, there's things you might not be taking into account with your little storage locker for matzah. We will revisit when we get closer yeah, to Pesach. leave it to Kiddush Club to be talking about matzah in July. <laughs> but more on climate change, I saw that they want to actually stop the sun from reaching the earth. Have you seen this? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Pretty sure they can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> they say they can. Can you Google it? So uh, are you talking about sun blocking? I think so, yes. Okay, so that's not stopping the sun from reaching. <laughs> I am an idiot. <laughs> so yes, there, there's been talk uh, for many years about different techniques to block the rays of the sun. Yeah, uh, that's what it sounded like to me. Block no. the rays of the sun. That's just what you just said. Okay, you that's said stop what I read. the sun from coming to Earth. It sounds like you want to change the orbit of the Earth. <laughs> no, I just like I don't know how they were going to do it. Like put some t- sort of like filter or so. Like- basically, very quickly, they know that when uh, I forgot which volcano erupted and released so much ash into the sky that the Earth actually cooled for a short period of time because the the ash in the atmosphere was actually blocking the rays of the sun. There have been many think tanks who have looked into it, and one of them uh, it was in I forgot which book I read it in. Uh, maybe it was Freakonomics where it said that they had this idea to basically have like imagine a giant pipe that goes all the way up into the uh the stratosphere, stratosphere. <laughs> and they pump out the, a gas that that you know is a benign gas but it would block the rays of the sun and uh yeah so there's a lot of those things on the table but as that would make as- it cloudy right that would make us not feel like we're, we don't have the sun out it would be like uh smog they're creating no, artificial smog. Yeah, but I think it's too high where it wouldn't really affect us much. But you may be right. I don't know the answer to that question. But as long as I could have my matzah and it's going to taste good, I'm fine. Let them do whatever they want. No, 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 no. Oh, I forgot. The sun. The sun is a big, uh, a big. Um, oh, I'm sorry. The sunbird needs his sun. I yeah, forgot. Yeah, can't not have the sun. I forgot. Okay. But moving to Israel, because there's major news from Israel. Serious all, news. Serious news. So first of all, Israel invaded Janine in the West Bank. That's major, major news. Uh, and, and ever since, by the way, there's just been like these terror attacks. Yes. Stabbings. Yes. I mean, it's just, it's terrible. Horrible. And of course, now we have the whole world to deal with again. Everybody saying, talking about how bad Israel is and the usual, the usual team from the usual suspects. I feel like it's every summer, though. There's an operation every summer. Yeah, it kind of feels like that. You're right. I, listen, hot weather does things to people. <laughs> makes you irritable. Yeah. Makes me irritable. Yeah, I guess. But the, a crazier story that I saw was Israel kidnapped a terrorist that was planning an attack in Cyprus 
from inside Iran. If you're a terrorist, this should terrify you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because they're everywhere. Could you imagine inside Iran? It's like they have these missions that we'll never know about. Right. Operating like completely under the radar. And it's like they live in a movie and we'll never see that movie. It's never being released. That's right. Like I just it, – it's crazy because could you imagine how on your game you have to be – if you're a Mossad guy in to Iran. Be a spy in Iran. Crazy. Yeah. I wonder I, – I guess they have to learn Farsi like yeah. to, to just to blend in yeah. to make it like they are one of the locals. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Could you imagine this guy interacting with people on a constant basis and never slipping up? Do you want to pick up some gourmet zabzi with me, Arash? <laughs> what if he's like, eh, last time you said we could have shawarma. <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> Arash, you sound so different. <laughs> what happened to you? Arash, yeah. are yeah. you spy? <laughs> no, but they never get caught. Yeah. I mean. And Amir Sashem, they never do get caught. Because we're sure they're doing these types of operations all over the world. And um, speaking of the rest of the world, I saw this story which uh, caught my eye. The German government is advertising, mass advertising in India, trying to get Indians to move to Germany. Like what's behind that? That's what I need to understand. Are they realizing that Indians must be so unhappy where they are? So let's offer them a better life in Germany? Well, they're specifically targeting, like, you know, programmers and people in tech. I guess, they, yeah, they want to. So they're to trying compete. to bring over talent. Yes. But do you understand that India has over a billion people? Right. So they could stand to lose a couple hundred thousand programmers <laughs> and they'll still be fine. <laughs> but the truth is, you don't think about that. Like, I feel like that's lost on us the amount of people that live in India. It's 1.4 billion people. That is that bigger than China, by the way? China's also at 1.4 billion. So they are equal. Like, yeah. and, and China is kind of like a superpower. Like Everybody's talking about China, but nobody talks about India. And they have the same... But that's not because of the population, right? It's because of the economy. Yes, but I'm saying... Economy and military, But of all of it boils down to manpower. No. Does it not? No. Why not? Like, if no. you have people, you have power. No. Well, what are you going to do? Just drop people from planes? <laughs> No. China's just going to drop people all over and why is overrun China us? so big? Why is China so powerful? Because of their economy, the size of their economy, but how and, they and their that? technology. Meaning it's They devised a society where they're using those billion people to work and to create. Like they're putting their population to work, right? If the United States had 1.4 billion people, how big would we be? Yeah, How but, much greater would but we remember, be? But remember, America, with its fraction of that number, still has a, a better economy, a stronger economy, better military, better technology. Because we're more focused. We're more focused on it. If we had more manpower, if we had 1.4 billion people in this country, it would we would be unstoppable. We would it would just like we already are, and we're at a third of that number. Are you saying you want to go to Germany <laughs> what? with the rest of the that. Indians? <laughs> I don't know how you got that, but I'm just saying it's 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 interesting because the United States population is like on the decline, and China is on the incline. And they're no, they're not actually. China is also having an issue with population growth. Believe it or not. Well, all they have to do is allow more children to be had because no, there's they, a limit. No, there's not. They 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 uh, removed that limit. How long ago? Um, I forget, but it's been. 
you know, it's been open season. It's on been kids. open season. Yes. Interesting. There's got to be some apprehension, though, right? It's like Rakesh. You sure you want to move to Germany? <laughs> they don't have the best record with minorities. <laughs> Right, Ooh. and then the German probably like the Germans have to kind of allay those fears, right, for right. the Indians, right? Like, we are very excited to have you come to the Deutschland. We are very welcoming to the minorities. Uh, as long as you are, wait, you are not Juden. <laughs> are you Juden? It's dark. Yeah, that's that dark. dark. Didn't we just say Roseanne <laughs> got in trouble? Come on, <laughs> but look. They have it coming, yeah. right? I mean, look, I, I didn't do it. They yeah, did. Yeah, that's true. Right? <laughs> it's not our fault. Right. They'll never live it down. <laughs> and in one final story, because we, uh, we do have a lot to get to, but we're going to get to this one final story. I mean, there's a lot going on in France. Oh, my goodness. The riots. They burned the whole supermarket. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, I mean, even the, the police don't even, they, they can't even control it. It's, it's out of control. It's almost like a civil war. And, and you know what caused it, right? Tell me. Uh, there was a teen, a, a French-Algerian teenager that was stopped by police, and he was killed, I guess, in the back and forth, I guess. Right. And now the people are just going wild. Right. And the mother of the teen got on uh, television and media and to say, like, stop. Right. Right? Like, this is not going to bring him back. Right. Well, we, we've we been through, you know, we've had that here in America, you know, police brutality, you know, the riots, uh, the, the demonstrations, et cetera. We know what they're going through. Uh, but but in, in just happened to see another article coming out of France. There was a, uh, a plane that violated airspace, I guess, military airspace. And they sent a French fighter jet to intercept. Well, France sent the fighter jet to intercept it. And so it seems that this plane was carrying a whole bunch of illegal drugs oh boy <laughs> and so now they realize that they're in trouble and so throw it over bowl <laughs> that's exactly what they did so where did that go it probably so, rained down on so the, yeah well the headline is drugs rain down on countryside after oh, french fighter jet intercepts tourist plane and so could you imagine like there's just people down below and it just starts raining drugs as though things are not volatile enough down there right and it's like they probably see that as a sign of some of some sort. <laughs> <It's> like, <yeah. laughs> we are doing the right thing. <laughs> like the French farmers, all of a sudden, I got drugs raining from. The- <laughs> that was bad. I mean, if you're an outlaw and you have drugs raining down from the heavens, you can only think you're doing God's work. <laughs> Good place to end. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with someone that you think would enjoy it. Of course, you know you can follow us on social. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Follow us there. You can also reach out to us by email. It's hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. And you can support the cast by visiting us at buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. The link is in the show notes. And we are out. What are you wearing, cotton? Because you're a loser. All right, let's you go. You wear wool? Yeah. Really? How long? I used to wear wool. I ditched the wool. No, forever. I used to. I, I ditched it maybe five years ago, seven years ago. No, no, no. They're rice for you. You're basically. You're the kind of guy. Time. I went into his room. He would wear cotton sitters on top of his 
white shirt. And under? Nothing. Wool. There's no wool under. He wasn't wearing two pairs of scissors. You're out of your mind. He was. Rebchaim wore cotton scissors. A little more than half Americans, 52%, agree with the Supreme Court decision versus 32% that disapprove and 16% saying they don't know. What happened to the other 2%? No, it wasn't the other 2%. My math was wrong. I should call you out on that. Your math is wrong. No. Oh. No, but I didn't. I... And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.